For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Uh, if you enjoy the show, quick reminder, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be looking at the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers as they each head into their Week 11 matchups in the NFL. And we will look to provide all of you with important information and statistics that can help everybody make some money in the betting market. So without further ado, we're going to dive right in. We're going to be starting off with the Oakland Raiders as they prepare to take on the Cincinnati Bengals at home on set on Sunday afternoon. So the Raiders originally opened up as nine-point favorites. They're currently up to ten and a half, and the over/under has stayed steadily at forty-eight and a half. Now, in terms of what happened last week, the Raiders won last week at home in a thrilling Thursday night football matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers, as they ended up winning by the score of twenty-six to twenty-four. In that game, Derek Carr ended up going twenty-one for thirty-one for 218 passing yards with one passing touchdown and zero interceptions. He was very efficient, uh, didn't do anything earth-shattering, but he was still very solid, and he ended up leading a game-winning drive late in the fourth quarter. Now, in terms of the ground game, Josh Jacobs was solid once again, 16 carries for 71 rushing yards with one rushing touchdown, as he actually had the game-winning rushing touchdown on that final drive. In terms of the receiving core, nobody really did much. uh, Tight end Darren Waller had three receptions for 40 yards. Wide receiver Hunter Renfro had four receptions of 42 yards, and Tyrell Williams had three receptions for 25 yards. However, Hunter Renfro's actually continued to emerge as one of the most underrated pieces on this offensive core, as he has been targeted in some crucial fourth down drives in each of the last two games, and it seems like Derek Carr is trusting him more and more every single week. Look for Renfro to be one of Carr's go-to guys down the stretch moving forward, as Renfro just seems like he always gets open in the clutch, and Carr should continue to look his way moving forward. Now, in terms of what happened defensively, the Raiders had a coming-out party after struggling on defense for pretty much the last month. The defense exploded. They ended up having five sacks, and they also fo- and they also forced three interceptions as they were able to get after Phillip Rivers early and often for all four quarters. Leading the way in the, from the defensive line was rookie defensive end Cleland Farrell, who had his coming out party as he had two and a half sacks and eight tackles. Leading the secondary was Eric Harris, who had two interceptions, including a pick six. He could have had a third interception late in the fourth quarter, but a ball went through his hands. Didn't matter in the end as the as the Raiders defense held, and Harris led the way with uh, not only having two interceptions, but also taking one back to the crib. Now, in terms of the injury report, offensive tackle Trent Brown has a knee injury. He is limited, but he is expected to play in this game. Center Rodney Hudson is limited in practice this week as well, but he is expected to play. Uh, in other news, uh, defensive back Lamarcus Joyner suffered a hamstring injury last week, and according to some quotes, he is, quote, very questionable, end quote. He's probably not going to play, especially against the Bengals. They don't really see the need to rush him back. 
But at the same point, Joyner is a crucial piece in the secondary, and his absence will be noticed in the game on Sunday if he is unable to go. Another injury news, defensive end Arden Key, after not playing in last week's game, was officially placed on the IR, so his season is officially over. However, defensive end Josh Morrow, who also did not play last week, has returned to practice, and he is expected to play in the game on Sunday. Now switching gears to the Bengals, they got absolutely embarrassed on Sunday by the Baltimore Ravens at home as they ended up losing by the score of 49-13. The bad news that they got embarrassed at home, the good news is that they're currently 0-9 and they have a nice two-game cushion for the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. So that is something to keep in mind as the Bengals will be, looks like they're going to be winning the tank for Tua Uh, sweepstakes as they will try to fix their team through the draft in the upcoming uh, offseason. But as of right now, the Bengals are by far the worst team in the league, especially with the recent surge, if you want to call it that, from the Miami Dolphins. I actually said they have a two-game cushion. They actually have a one-game cushion as the Washington Redskins are 1-8. Either way, the Bengals control their own destiny in terms of getting the number one overall pick, and they will look to potentially either A, win their first game of the season, or B, get closer to actually getting the number one pick uh, on Sunday, uh, depending on how this game unfolds. But in terms of last week's game, they end up starting a new quarterback in Ryan Finley after benching Andy Dalton on his birthday. And Ryan Finley ended up completing 16 of his 30 pass attempts for 167 passing yards with one passing touchdown, one interception, and one lost fumble. Overall, he was not great at all. Pretty lackluster performance, but it was against a very underrated Ravens defense. And it also came at the expense of in his first overall start. So at the same point, there were some growing pains, but overall, he should look better with more experience, so keep that in mind moving forward. In terms of the receiving core, receiver Tyler Boyd had six receptions for 62 receiving yards. Meanwhile, running back Joe Mixon had 30 carries for 114 yards. The Bengals, even though they ended up losing by 36 points, really wanted to keep the ball out of Finley's hands, so they gave uh, Mixon 30 carries, especially with the injury to Giovanni Bernard which caused him to be unavailable for portions of the game. So Mixon got more reps, and he had 30 carries as a result. I'd expect to see similar numbers moving forward, especially after Finley's lackluster performance. They might try to open up the passing game a little bit more through the play action. But overall, Finley seems like he's got a long ways to go before he's officially going to be comfortable in the NFL, so I would look for the Bengals to rely on Mixon as the number one option in offense moving forward. In terms of the Bengals' defense, they had one sack, and they allowed 8.2 yards per play and gave up 49 points. So they were absolutely terrible. Two of the touchdowns, though, from the Ravens came from defensive scores, so the Bengals' defense really only gave up 35 points. But as a whole, they couldn't get off the field. The Ravens ran the ball down their throats. They couldn't stop Lamar Jackson, and he did whatever they want, uh, whatever they wanted. And uh, overall, the Bengals will look to bounce back defensively on Sunday. Now, in terms of the injury reports, wide receiver A.J. Green, who has not played in any game all season long. He is still not practiced, and he is currently doubtful for this game. Meanwhile, cornerback Drake Kirkpatrick did not practice either, and he is questionable for this game. And wide receiver Alec Erickson did not practice either, and he is currently listed as questionable. In terms of the trends for this game, the Raiders are 7-1 against the spread in their last eight home games, and the Raiders are 5-1 against the spread in their last six games overall. Meanwhile, the Bengals are 1-5 against the spread in their last six games overall. So in terms of my predictions for the game, I will be taking the Raiders to cover the 10.5, and I will be taking the under 48.5, as I think the final score will be Raiders 30, Bengals 17. I think this game will be pretty comfortable for the Raiders from start to finish, as they have looked amazing at home so far this season. And as a whole, the Bengals, 
I know that their defense is bad, but their offense just really did not look good against the Ravens last week. I know that they benched Dalton, try to get some new life as they're reevaluating talent at pretty much every position, as they will be, uh, if not the worst, one of the worst teams in the entire NFL. So, overall, it looks like Finley is not going to be the answer to their problems, but they will continue to use him in the future. I think he will struggle, and the Bengals' offense will struggle. The Raiders' defense isn't great, but Finley, I don't think, is a good enough quarterback to actually cause some long drives and sustain some long drives, which could lead to some points. So I would expect to see the Bengals struggle again on the road. So as a result, I'll take the Raiders minus the 10.5 and the under 48.5, as I like the Raiders to win by the score of 32-17. However, if you want more information about the Raiders exclusively, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in Raiders podcast hosted by Brad Williamson, where he will lay out the keys to victory for the Raiders this week against the Bengals. Now, if you're also interested in advertising for the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Now, switching gears, talking about the second game in the show between the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. This game will be play- taking place at in San Francisco on Sunday afternoon. San Francisco opened up as a 13.5-point favorite. They're currently down to a 10-point favorite, and the over-under has taken a slight jump from 44 to 45. Now, in terms of what happened last week, the 49ers finally lost their first game of the regular season as they ended up losing to the Seattle Seahawks in overtime on Monday Night Football by the score of 27-24. Fantastic game, could have gone either way, but Seattle ended up making enough plays down the stretch to get the victory. Now, in terms of recapping the 49ers offense, Jimmy Garoppolo struggled to say the least as he completed 24-46 of passes for 248 passing yards with one passing touchdown and one interception. Uh, Meanwhile, running back Tevin Coleman had 9 carries for 40 yards. Matt Breida had 10 carries for 18 yards. The team as a whole had 17 carries for 87 yards, which is equivalent to 3.2 yards per carry, and had zero rushing touchdowns. It seems like the Seattle kind of exposed the 49ers in the sense of how to beat this team. If you stop the run and you force Garoppolo to beat you, then you definitely improve your chances of winning. However, the Cardinals did try that last time they played, and Garoppolo ended up having a uh, pretty much a career day, as he ended up just torching this Cardinal secondary, so that remains to be seen moving forward. But it seems like a blueprint has potentially been laid on how to beat the 49ers. As a whole, though, in the receiving game, Debo Samuel was fantastic. After a couple injuries uh, to some key pieces in the depth chart, Debo Samuel stepped up as he had eight receptions for 112 receiving yards. Meanwhile, in terms of the injury report, six-time Pro Bowler Joe Staley, after missing a couple of games earlier, He actually fractured his finger and he had surgery, so he will be out for the next couple of games, which means he will be out for Sunday's contest. Meanwhile, tight end George Kittle, after not playing last week with a knee injury, he has pretty much been ruled out by Kyle Shanahan. There's some conflicting reports as he originally ruled him out and then he kind of backtracked on it. But either way, Kittle is doubtful to say the least, and it definitely does not look good for his status on Sunday. Expect him not to suit up for that one. In other news, kicker Robbie Gould did not practice once again, and he is currently questionable with a quad injury. And once again, if he is unable to go, kicker Chase McLaughlin will take his place. McLaughlin was pretty solid overall in terms of Monday night's performance. He made his first couple of field goals, but unfortunately people will remember his missed overtime attempt, which caused uh, the 49ers to end up losing the game instead of winning the game, because if he would have made the kick, they would have won. And he completely shanked it. Uh, about 30 feet left. Either or, uh, he'll look to bounce back with a perfect performance on Sunday if Robbie Gould is once again unable to go. Now, in terms of some other injuries, uh, wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders did not practice after leaving last week's game earlier with a rib injury. 
Uh, it was kind of weird. Not, no, it was a non-contact injury. He just started grabbing his rib. He ended up believing, and he did not play for the second half as well as the uh, f- the overtime period. So he's currently uh, questionable, and it's honestly not looking that great that he will be able to suit up, but that remains to be seen. Now, recapping what happened, though, with the 49ers defense, they were very solid last week despite giving up 27 points. They ended up having five sacks with one interception and three fumble recoveries, one of which was returned for a touchdown. Although they ended up giving up 27 points, they actually only gave up 20 as one of Seattle's touchdowns came from a fumble recovery for a touchdown. So San Francisco's defense only gave up 20 of the 27 points. They still get after the quarterback. They still force four, four turnovers, and they look fantastic. They will look to do the same against Arizona on Sunday. Now, switching gears to the Cardinals, they ended up losing to the Buccaneers on the road by the score of 32-27. Very close game, could have gone either way, but the Buccaneers made enough plays late to get away with the victory. Quarterback Kyler Murray ended up completing 27 of his 44 pass attempts for 324 passing yards with three passing touchdowns and one interception. Meanwhile, wide receiver Christian Kirk had six receptions for 138 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns as he provided a huge spark for the receiving core after missing a couple of games with injury earlier in the year. So he will look to continue to play well moving forward against San Francisco's elite defense. Now, in terms of the game itself, Arizona probably should have won the game. They were up four with the ball in the red zone with less than five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Kyle Murray ended up throwing an interception. Tampa Bay ended up marching down the field. And the Cardinals had a very interesting situation with regard to clock management in the final drive as they simply let the clock run for way too long before their comeback attempt fell short. So Arizona will look to bounce back with a win on Sunday. Now in terms of the defense, Arizona's defense stunk. It gave up 40 points. It gave up 30 points, I should say. It gave up 457 offensive yards. It did force three turnovers, two of which were from Winston interceptions, and there was a fumble by Ronald Jones. But giving up 30 points and 457 yards of offense is not exactly a recipe for success. Look for San Francisco to try torching Arizona's defense once again after it did so a couple of weeks ago. Now, in terms of the injury report, uh, linebacker Terrell Suggs, who's currently dealing with a hamstring and a back injury, did not practice. But he's been dealing with this type of injury for the last couple of weeks, and he is expected to play in this game. In terms of other practicing uh, practice news, uh, running back Chase Edmonds did not practice with a hamstring injury. He is currently being listed as doubtful for this game. Other than that, Larry Fitzgerald and Chandler Jones both did not practice, but that was due to rest and they are going to suit up for this game. So in terms of the injury reports, the Cardinals um, seem relatively healthy, with the exception of Edmonds. It seems like everybody else is going to play. But in terms of the trends, the 49ers are 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven games after getting less than, set, uh, less than 90 yards rushing in their previous game. And the Cardinals are 0-4 against the spread in their last four games in Week 11. Now in terms of the prediction, I think the 49ers will win by the score of 32-17, which means that I like the 49ers to cover the 10-point spread, and I also like the over 45. Simply put, I know the 49ers are, on a short, are off a short week, but after losing such a heartbreaking game, there's two ways you can respond. Either A, you can mail it in and come out with another flat performance, or you can look to take it to Arizona and try to bounce back with a nice victory before losing starts to snowball. I'm expecting the latter. I think Kyle Shannon will have his team prepared. It was pretty unfortunate that Sanders and Kittle were not able to either play at all or play the majority of the game. So the 49ers will could be without both of them again, 
but Arizona's defense is significantly worse than Seattle's. I think I think the 49ers will get back to the run game. I think Garoppolo will play better as Arizona's pass rush, with the exception of Chandler Jones, has not been great this season. And I simply think that the 49ers have too many weapons. I think the 49ers should score 30 points. Meanwhile, Arizona's offense looked good last week, but Tampa Bay's defense is giving up the most points uh, per game in the entire league. And I think that San Francisco will be able to get after Kyler Murray like they did a couple of weeks ago. Now, I know that Arizona ended up scoring over 20 points in that game, but that was also because of an 80-plus yard touchdown by Isabella in the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter, which was relatively lucky. So I personally think that the Cardinals will struggle offensively. I think the 49ers will shut Arizona down by forcing them to kick field goals instead of touchdowns and by just getting after the quarterback and forcing them into some third and long situations. And overall, I just think the 49ers should win this game as they are the significantly better team, and they will look for another solid home performance in Week 11. However, if you want more information about the 49ers exclusively, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in 49ers podcast hosted by Rashawn Haylock alongside 13-year NFL veteran Eric Davis. Once again, quick reminder, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And if you want to find me on Twitter, you can reach out to me at Reichel Radio. Radio. Other than that, though, that's going to be this installment of Betting Bay Area here for Week 11. Good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.